Rebellion is something that has a tendency to do one or two things. It can slowly mature its way within us or arise in a fierce rage while seeking its own pleasure and ignoring authority. Rebellion can be defined as the action or process of resisting authority, control, or convention. And if I'm being honest, we all have rebelled at some point in our lives. We have all went astray doing things to gratify our flesh while ignoring the sound wisdom from God himself. However, we don't have to continue in rebellion because that is what some of us were when we were once children of darkness living in unrighteousness. But because we are now found in Christ Jesus, we are his children and we dwell in his marvelous light. We now live pure, holy, and righteous in him. So don't allow the enemy to have access to something you will become ashamed of because rebellion is something that likes fruit of the spirit, which for instance, one being self-control. And when we lack self-control, we open ourselves up to any and every ungodly thing that has the ability for us to exchange the truth for a lie. And don't be deceived and don't let others entice you to do wrong. For the Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 12, many will follow their depraved ways and the way of truth will be maligned because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with made-up stories. Their condemnation, pronounced long ago, is not idle and their destruction does not sleep. For if God didn't spare the angels who sinned but cast them into hell and delivered them in chains of utter darkness to be kept for judgment, and if he didn't spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, when he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly, and if he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is coming to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, distressed by the depraved behavior of the immoral, for as that righteous man lived among them day by day, his righteous soul was tormented by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despised authority. Bold, arrogant people. They are not afraid to slander the glorious ones. However, angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. But these people like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, slander what they do not understand and in their destruction they too will be destroyed. Stay tuned as we journey into part two of the Wilderness series and discuss the consequences of rebellion. And with that being said, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for another chance to see a day where we know that your mercies are new every morning. And although weeping may endure for the night, your joy is coming in the morning. Lord, I pray that you would use me as your instrument today to encourage your people and at the same time, you would remind us all that you are the lion and the lamb, that you are forgiving and gracious, but that we don't take it for granted and choose to live foolish lives, deceiving ourselves into living holy and doing what our flesh desires, when instead that is actually living lukewarm. And if we continue that way, your word tells us you will spew us out. So, Lord, 
I ask that you would awaken your spirit on the inside of us and that today we would make up our minds if we are going to be rebellious and choose the ways of this world or we will be submitted and committed to the word of the Lord because you cannot be mocked, God. We will reap what we sow. And Father, I pray that you would remove the scales from our eyes and our ears to be able to hear you clearly, that we are not confused, but that we are focused and seeing your righteousness and choosing to live in it by dying to self daily and choosing your precious son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that the Lord has given us the chance to see a new day in him. And as I said earlier, his mercies are new every morning. And I know that we can all get carried away with the things in this life, but it is important for us to pause throughout our day and glorify the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is worthy to be praised. And if this is your first time tuning in today, I want to say hello and welcome to the Insightful Devotion Podcast and or welcome back to all of my anointed God-fearing podcast listeners around the world. I'm your host, David, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost because today we will be starting part two of the series entitled The Wilderness. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode, please go back and do so because it will truly bless your soul and allow you to understand the meaning of this series. And I will say that this one in particular, part two of this series, I believe will leave a lot of us thinking, repenting and truly seeking the Lord by submitting to him, which I'm glad for because the Lord receives us. Amen. And he doesn't throw us away after we just made one, two thousand or ninety million mistakes and sinful deeds. But that his mighty hand is able to reach you in your darkest situations and moments. And we confess our faults and the love God has for us will cause us to trust and depend on him by honoring him with everything we have, because we realize that rebellion was us living in ignorance. And by us trusting in him, we know we are living in his truth, which will lead and guide us in the Lord's righteousness. So we have a choice today. Will you choose Satan or will you choose God? Because sooner or later, what's done in the dark will come to the light. And when that happens, the truth will be revealed. And if you thought you could get away with doing wrong instead of doing what is right, may God have mercy on us all as I speak the words he's given me to share with you all today that I believe will change us all for the better in him and choosing to sincerely receive and or sincerely continue to remain in the Lord and not in rebellion. So let me turn your attention to a particular topic today in scripture that warns and teaches us about rebellion and the consequences that follows if we choose our directions and desires over God's directions and desires. It comes from Numbers chapter 16 verses 1 through 50. And just a reminder, I do place all of the scriptures that I'm referring to within each podcast within the description for what the subject is going to be over that I'm teaching about. Uh, When you get the chance, I really recommend, I highly recommend that you go back and read it on your own time. So that way you can have a deeper understanding and meaning as to what is being related and that God will speak to you in that time of reading. But as I said, it comes from Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 through 50. Now Korah, son of Izhar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took two 150 prominent Israelite men who were leaders of the community and representatives in the assembly, and they rebelled against Moses. Listen closely. 
they came together against Moses and Aaron and told them, you have gone too far. Everyone in the entire community is holy and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the Lord's assembly? When Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, tomorrow morning, the Lord will reveal who belongs to him, mm, who is set apart and the one he will let come near him. He will let the one he chooses come near him. Korah, you and all your followers are to do this. Take fire pans and tomorrow place fire in them and put incense on them before the Lord. Then the man the Lord chooses will be the one who is set apart. It is you Levites who have gone too far. Moses also told Korah. Now listen, Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the Israelite community to bring you near to himself? to perform the work at the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community to minister to them. He has brought you near and all your fellow Levites who are with you, but you are pursuing the priesthood as well. Therefore, it is you and all your followers who have conspired against the Lord. As for Aaron, who is he that you should complain about him? Moses sent for Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, we will not come. Is it not enough that you brought us up from a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Do you also have to appoint yourself as ruler over us? Furthermore, you didn't bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey or give us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you gouge out the eyes of these men? We will not come. Then Moses became angry and said to the Lord, don't respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them or mistreated a single one of them. So Moses told Korah, you and all your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow. You, they and Aaron. Each of you is to take his fire pan, place incense on it, and present his fire pan before the Lord. 250 fire pans. You and Aaron are each to present your fire pan also. Each man took his fire pan, placed fire in it, put incense on it, and stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting along with Moses and Aaron. I'm going to pause right there. If you get a chance to go back in Deuteronomy and look in Numbers as well, read because the tent of meeting is very important and really speaks a lot of volume within this text. Going back to verse 19, it says, After Korah assembled the whole community against them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Separate yourselves from this community. So I may consume them instantly. But Moses and Aaron fell face down and said, God, God, who gives breath to all. When one man sins, will you vent your wrath on the whole community? The Lord replied to Moses, tell the community, get away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel followed him. He warned the community, get away now from the tents of these wicked men. Don't touch anything that belongs to them or you will be swept away because of all 
their sins. So they got away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. Meanwhile, Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the entrance of their tents with their wives, children and infants. Then Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord sent me to do all these things and that it was not of my own will. If these men die naturally, as all people would and suffer the fate of all, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something unprecedented and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them along with all that belongs to them so that they go down alive into Sheol, which is hell, then you will know that these men have despised the Lord. Just as he finished speaking all these words, this is Moses speaking, the ground beneath them split open. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households, all Korah's people and all their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol with all that belonged to them. The earth closed over them and they vanished from the assembly. At their cries, all the people of Israel who were around them fled because they thought the earth may swallow us too. Fire also came out from the Lord and consume the 250 men who were presenting the incense. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell Eliezer, son of Aaron, the priest to remove the fire pans from the burning debris because they are holy and scatter the fire far away. As for the fire pans of those who sinned at the cost of their own lives, make them into hammered sheets of plating for the altar, for they presented them before the Lord and the fire pans are holy. They will be a sign to the Israelites. So the priest Eliezer took the bronze fire pans that those who were burned had presented, and they were hammered into plating for the altar, just as the Lord commanded him through Moses. It was to be a reminder for the Israelites that no unauthorized person outside the lineage of Aaron should approach to offer incense before the Lord and become like Korah and his followers. The next day, the entire Israelite community complained about Moses and Aaron saying, you have killed the Lord's people. Let me pause right there. Korah and his family has just rebelled and went against God. This goes to show you that you can have people in your community that are not in tune with the spirit of God and are seeing things in an ungodly manner because if they had open eyes to see the truth, they would have seen that Korah and his family were rebelling against God's will over Moses' life. This is why it says in 41, the next day the entire Israelite community complained about Moses and Aaron saying, you have killed the Lord's people. This was God's judgment. He did that, not them. Verse 42 says, when the community assembled against them, Moses and Aaron turned toward the tent of meeting. Look, when they were in trouble, they were backed up against the wall. They turned to the tent of meeting. And suddenly the cloud covered it and the Lord's glory appeared. When you are gods and you have people, whether they are God's chosen people coming against you, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the text. Or somebody that's an enemy coming against you. God says, do not touch my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Because it says in verse 42, when the community assembled against them, Moses and Aaron turned toward the tent of meeting. And suddenly the cloud covered it and the Lord's glory appeared. Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of meeting. And the Lord said to Moses, 
Get away from this community so that I may consume them instantly. But they fell face down. Then Moses told Aaron, take your fire pan, place fire from the altar in it and add incense. Go quickly to the community and make atonement for them because wrath has come from the Lord. The plague has begun. So Aaron took his fire pan as Moses had ordered, ran into the middle of the assembly and saw that the plague had begun among the people. After he added incense, he made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague was halted. But those who died from the plague numbered 14,700 in addition to those who died because of the Korah incident. Aaron then returned to Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting since the plague had been halted. You see, after reading this passage, the rebellion that is displayed caused God's wrath to fall on those who were disobedient. But look at Moses and Aaron, how they still interceded for the Israelites, regardless of how or what they were doing to them. Because Korah's rebellion was out of line. God did choose Moses to lead his people from Egypt and chose him to do God's will. And although they were in the wilderness and were making their way to a land flowing with milk and honey, Korah allowed insecurity and jealousy to arouse within him, which caused him to rebel not against Moses and Aaron, but the Lord himself. Because the Lord had already set apart the Levites for himself, apart from the 12 tribes of Israel, and they were given the opportunity to minister before them. Yet in spite of that privilege and honor to have the Lord give that to Korah and his family, it wasn't enough. And he wanted to basically take Moses's position and didn't know what he was asking for because the Lord had already given his orders as to what the people were to do when you continue to read the text because Korah was basically going against what the Lord had commanded and notice the outcome of Korah and those who were in agreement with him they all perished including their families and everything they had which is something I want to share with you all be careful listen to me clearly be careful who you hang around and associate with it's not to say that you are better than anybody or any less but there is a reverence that you have for God that makes you want to honor him and live holy and righteous before him because the direction your life is in pleases the Lord and is obedient in him because if we remain where disobedience lives and wants to remain then we too will end up like Korah and those who went against the Lord and thought they were going against Moses and Aaron. Some people in this life will hate you. I know that may sting. They will be irritated with you. And if they can't say bad things about you to get you off guard or get someone else to do their dirty work, they are willing to even come to you in person, not realizing what they are intending to happen to you will actually occur to them. Because here's an example, for instance, King Saul in scripture who kept throwing a spear to end David's life. King Saul himself ended up dying by his own sword in battle. Even though in scripture it mentions that King Saul was also one of God's anointed, which means you can have people that are in line in the body of Christ and for some reason, because they have strayed away, they are jealousy, they have allowed jealousy rather to enter their hearts and they have caused it to blind them to see the truth, which means we have to be careful how we handle this and must go before the Lord 
Because how else do you handle rebellion when it comes to you? How do you deal with rebellion when it's living in you? We must be able to recognize it and immediately cry out to the Lord for guidance and strengthen him to remove the disobedience within us and around us and to help us come out of this stronger, having learned our lesson if the Lord chooses to deliver us immediately or by having us go through the situation and life realizing the wrong we've done, but how his grace and mercy follows us and teaches us to not go back to living disobediently because there will never be a good outcome when we rebel because rebellion says my desires over God's. It says my life, my choice. It's rooted in self-righteousness, pride and disobedience. Rebellion's outlook in life is cut short and will not stand when in the presence of God, which is why we must humble ourselves. Now, notice in the scripture on Korah's rebellion, he and those around him died when the earth cracked open. They were sent to Sheol, like I said earlier, which is hell. But the groups of Israelites that were upset with Moses and Aaron, thinking they were the cause of Korah and his followers' deaths, when actually some of the Israelites allowed the jealousy and emotions and what they were going through to blind them from seeing the truth. Because Moses tried to warn Korah and his followers and remind Korah that God had set them apart for himself. For the scripture in Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 9 says this, But if you warn a wicked person to turn from his way and he doesn't turn from it, he will die for his iniquity. But you will have rescued yourself. And we see how Moses and Aaron were spared and how Korah and his followers along with the disobedient Israelites, perished. And there's so much more I'd like to unpack within this podcast in regards to rebellion. But Lord willing, hopefully I'll be able to do so in a future podcast episode. But I just want to mention one more thing in regards to rebellion so that we are aware the next time it occurs. Rebellion is a heart issue. It creeps in our minds, making us meditate on it, seeing false realities full of lies, denying God's truth, making us pursue our own desires and choosing earthly wisdom over God's wisdom, commands and directions for our lives. Rebellion doubts God and yet questions his authority. It's associated with complaining and unforgiveness and any and all ungodly activity. For James puts it this way, it says in James chapter four, verse 17. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. Because another text in regards to the Israelites teaches every believer in Christ Jesus to be careful how we live and how we should not rebel against God. Deuteronomy chapter one, verses 31 through 40 says this. And you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God carried you. As a man carries his son all along the way, you traveled until you reached this place. But in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God, who went before you on the journey to seek out a place for you to camp. He went in the fire by night and in the cloud by day to guide you on the road you were to travel. When the Lord heard your words, he grew angry and swore an oath. None of these men in this evil generation will see the good land I swore to give your ancestors, except Caleb, the son of Jupina. He will see it 
and I will give him and his descendants the land on which he has set foot because he remained loyal to the Lord. The Lord was angry with me also because of you and said, you will not enter there either. And when you read more in the text, that's referring to Moses. Verse 38 says this, Joshua, son of Nun, who attends you will enter it. Encourage him for he will enable Israel to inherit it. Your children who you said would be plunder, your sons who don't yet know good from evil will enter there. I will give them the land and they will take possession of it. But you are to turn back and head for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. And Hebrews chapter three, verses 14 through 19 goes along with it, saying this, for we have become participants in Christ. If we hold firmly until the end, the reality that we had at the start, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, my God, today, if you hear his voice, because he speaks to us today, if you hear the Lord's voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion for who heard and rebelled. Wasn't it all who came out of Egypt under Moses with whom was God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Now that amount that didn't enter into that promised land and scripture lets us know that it was six hundred thousand so as i stated earlier when we are rebelling humble yourselves before the lord and give it to god because if we don't adhere to god and his instructions the outcome Korah and his companions had along with the unbelieving israelites is a glimpse of our future but it doesn't have to be choose god choose his ways for they are better than ours let us pray Lord, rebellion has lived and tries to continue to live within our hearts that is reserved for you and you alone. And Lord, the lies that has gotten us to this point, the deception we believed in more than your words of truth. I ask that you would break that spirit and bondage over us and in us, Father, and have mercy on us and allow your word of truth to remind us and refresh in us in you transform our mind and our hearts lord may we confess our wrongs and walk in step with your holy spirit father you said that you exalt those who are humble and will humble those who are prideful father forgive us for not wanting to listen to your commands but wanting to stray away willingly instead Father, touch our minds and hearts and make us new in you. Help us, Father, to be hearers and doers of your word and that our lives will truly change for the better in you from this day forward. And that we don't become those who draw back and are destroyed, but we become those who have faith and are saved. Thank you for your presence. And may we acknowledge and share the love you show to us daily to those around us, because your kindness, your grace is what leads us into your wonderful salvation. And for that, I say thank you. And may you continually uproot anything that doesn't glorify you, because Lord, it's time for us right now to live how you've called us to be and you, which is to live holy, righteous, faultless, blameless, pure, without spot or wrinkle or blemish before you all the days of our lives. For your word tells us 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Lord, may we do so in obedience to you. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name, I pray and say thank you. Amen. So don't harden your hearts, but open them to God and allow him to do what he does which will keep us near to him, living consecrated lives in him and experience God like never before as his love consumes us daily. So Lord willing, please tune in next week as we discuss part three of the wilderness series. I can promise you that you won't want to miss next week because when the wilderness tests and tempts you, how will you respond? Well, I'm your host, David, reminding you to be blessed, stay blessed because you are blessed.